I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. week's Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Hello Jason. Good evening Tom, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm alright now. Yeah, bit of a new weekend, but I'm alright now. A bit under the weather, weren't you, at the weekend? We uh, we were sort of talking about not doing this, weren't we? Which was almost sacrilegious for us, because we don't take weeks off. Um, but we thought if there was ever going to be a time we had to take sick leave, it might be on a week where there's only one event, but here we are again. Yeah, fighting Soldiering on, eh? Um, I felt sick at the weekend watching Jack Blau um, throw away the lead, which I was kind of hoping that he was going to be chasing, to be honest. When he was in the lead, I thought, oh, you know, it's nice to obviously have someone up there, um, but I was a bit worried about what he'd be like with a lead, and uh, lo and behold, wasn't very good. I, I think it was Scott Jameson that said that he's never seen someone putt so brilliantly in his whole entire life, as he did on Friday. On Saturday, he literally was nowhere near the hole. The, one of the worst putting performances I've ever seen, ever. Even he was laughing when he made He made one birdie, I think, at the end. And he was laughing. And I was like, well, there we are. This is, uh, this, I mean, that's the sort of chance you're taking, isn't it, with a sunshine tour player at 110 to 1. You can't really ask for much, can you? Could ask for a bit no, more I, than that. But... No, sorry, I didn't see Saturday, because as you rightly surmised, I was not very well Saturday. I didn't do a lot. Um, but you can't say you weren't warned. No. But yeah. You know, um, I think at least the thing I took from it was at least the process was right, wasn't it? That he was overpriced. I still believe that he still yeah. finished up there. He's still in a tie for seventh, so it wasn't you know the end of the world. Um, it was just a shame to see him play so poorly. And I thought I was going to come on here on uh, and just speak about how great Wilco Nineable was in contention. Because um, he, I mean, his touch on and around the greens at some at some points was was fantastic. Um, and for, although he sort of sort of showed signs early on in the back nine that he was tensing up a little bit, he was still in control. And then he did, he just threw it away, didn't he? At the end, it's uh, he showed his age, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. It was only experience, wasn't it? Um, fair play, JB didn't panic at all, did he? When he went behind no. three behind at half halfway round. Um, I actually was really impressed with Anson. Um, I was. haven't seen him quite play like that. His stats last week were fantastic. In fact, both both of their both of their stats were were amazing. Uh, but Hansen has not quite been that good before. But he has got a couple of performances um, that you know we've always thought that Hansen was capable of doing something. Um, he just tends well, to we it down so long ago, top. didn't we? I can't remember where it was now. I think it was might have been either Wentworth or the week before I think we put him up um, look he's a player isn't he he's been more than talented uh, and more than capable of winning a golf tournament he just sort of found a way to lose and then this weekend and I, I think we've been talking about it haven't we that because the fans are not there maybe it's just a case of you know he because he had it on a string didn't he uh, mm. Saturday and Sunday um, and and it was just superb. I mean, it was just relentless, which I think is what broke down Nia Neighbor in the end. He was just, he was just so good, and he was holding punch. He didn't think he was going to hole, um, and he didn't do his famous blade out of a bunker at any point. So, ah, oh, he, he was superb, and you know, it was nice to see him get a win. It's not going to be, you know, the last time Nia Neighbor's in contention, is it? So, I don't, you know, you don't feel sad for him. Um, 
I imagine he'll probably go well again this week, Wilco. Yeah, I mean, he's been put up all, all year, hasn't he, now? Um, you know, throughout basically the entire... From the return from lockdown, I think, you know, somebody at some point has been talking about him. You know, he's been performing really well. That that looked... I mean, they were, I think they were both helped by the soft conditions, weren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, whether that was disadvantageous to others. Um, you know, their length certainly helped. Uh, not, I don't think it will do this week. Um but yeah, um, they, they, you know, a lot of a lot of players were playing out the rough and were able to stop it on the greens, weren't they? Um, whereas I think in in what we'd call regular South African conditions, um, the result may have been different. Having said that, yeah, you know, JB was superb, wasn't he? It was it was like you say, you you made it right. He he was relentless. He didn't panic at all, which he has done in the past. And yeah, ultimately. My neighbour didn't need to do a lot down the down the back nine. He had par fives, didn't he? Um, he was fortunate on that par three. Um, should have gone in the water, really, shouldn't it? So you could say he's fortunate. He still bogeyed that, didn't make yeah, the most yeah. of it. And ultimately gave it to... Yeah, you can't say gave it to him because he's returned 19 under. Um, no, I think he just he, he gave him the, the, the opening, didn't he? Is, is probably a nice way of putting it, is that... He creaked and creaked at the wrong time, but, whereas he, he looked unflappable for most of it. But we, we've seen it many a time this year. I mean, you know, the, the, you know my one that, that if you want to bring up on the sort of in the uh, uh, Lost for Words Christmas party, if you want to bring up the uh, Italian Open, you know, no, but but let's look at that. You know, um, Cantor was given three, four, five chances during that round to take it and didn't. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you look at this and. Um, you know, Hanson's not panicked at all when he's been given the chance. He's he's done the job, hasn't he? You know, um, good luck to him. Yeah, fair play, well deserved. Played brilliant all week. Bit well, gutting. He, he was it, just, he he was was just but... aware of JB, wasn't he? He was aware of what he was facing, what strengths nine over had. He said he knew he was. You know, he had that advantage of, of basically eating up the par fives, um, and and he just stuck to his game plan. That was quite good for him to say. He got out three woods just to keep himself in play at times. Uh, Hanson and you know it in the end of the day he executed better down the stretch which yeah. is a bit of a surprise given who he is um, but not a surprise when you think about the um, early career of Wilco basically you know he's he's gonna he's got to learn from that does he come back this week and and put it right I mean he played well he finished in top 25 here last year didn't he I think it was um, so I certainly wouldn't be against him um, but he's going to be short enough now at 20s and 22s to 1s, isn't he? Yeah, his length isn't as a, a much of an advantage this week as no. it was. And we will talk about that in a minute, I presume. But, um, yeah, you know, it would have been pre-2017. It isn't so much now, I don't think. It, you know, the weather forecast looks pretty good um, for that part of the world. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he does. Because, you know, we have seen it sometimes where he doesn't really control his driving, does he? He still does what he does without sort of having any real course management he just hits it without fear doesn't he you see maybe him, he will have now he, maybe he will have after yeah that. maybe but even even then I think that at the end of the day what, what really cost him for the most part was one that par three where he just out of nowhere hit mm-hmm. a terrible shot when it was basically under pressure um, and he didn't hit the best of shots into the 18th either so it's Okay, I think they made a point in commentary that the mistake was the tee shot. Well, 
yeah, but you still had a chance to get out from that and play a better shot. It was just, it wasn't. He didn't execute very well all along. So, and that was purely nerves, I believe. But it's, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? But let's go on to, on to this week. We're at Leopard Creek, aren't we? Which is one of the more recognisable courses on the European Tour, isn't it? It's been on it for a long time now. So, uh, as it looks since 2004, I think it's been used for this event. Um, but it did change in 2017. It was completely re-turfed. Uh, they're now Bermuda grass fairways as opposed to Kikuya fairways. Uh, and the greens are Bermuda as well. And, and what we've seen is it become sort of a, a firm and fast test, hasn't it? Um, it? You know, I think it would be firmer and faster than it's normally played. It's normally a bit drier. Um, but as you said, it's meant to be decent weather here as well, isn't it? Yeah, so glossing over Robert Stripp's fantastic um, approach shot in his playoff uh, over the weekend. Obviously, obviously, you were none of your players were involved in, so <laughs> there we are. That's why you want to gloss over that. Um, yeah, glossing over that. Yeah, so yeah, it's a completely different course. You look at the winners there were beforehand, mainly sort of, you know, over the, the more recent past. Charles Schwartz or Brandon Grace, Brandon Stone. Um, Kiros goes back, uh, Ernie. We will talk about Ernie's 2007 because I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's a completely different style of player. We look back over the last two years since they've redone the course. David Lipsky and Pablo Larathabel. Um, even looking at the runners-up, Lipsky beat Drysdale, Larathabel beat Showholm. So you've got a completely different set of players that have got involved. Um, although you have still the South Africans, obviously the top South Africans, um, you know, in the top 10, top 15s. Uh, the actual winners do present a um, slightly different profile to the regular. Whether we get that or not this week, who knows, but that's what we've got in front of us. Yeah, and, you know, you have got uh, a theory that, as you ever always do on these uh, podcasts, and you've managed to go even more convoluted than you normally do, um, but it all makes sense in the end, doesn't it, when they all come back to forwards between... You basically made the starting point of Larafa Bell and Lipsky, like you just said there, didn't you? That was the yeah. start... The, the start was the, any sort of connection between uh, Larratha Bell and Lipsky. I mean, that's if, you know, the likes of, which I'm sure we go into it, the likes of Stone, um, Nine Aber, etc., don't don't come to the fore, as they probably would have done pre-2017. But back to, you know, Pablo and, and, and Lipsky, uh, it is quite convoluted. Do you want to do this whole thing? Yeah, you go. Um, you, you go for your, your long version, and then I'll make a slightly shorter version just based on Lipsky and Larratha Bell. I mean, really, wherever you look, the, the, the same players turn up continually. So it doesn't matter how far you go back. Um, you can go back to Pablo winning Abu Dhabi, you know, 100 years ago. Uh, when he won, you had three top South Africans in the top 20, Katsia, Fisher and Stone. They appear in the desert all the time. Um, you go back to 2011, he won the BMW. Uh, he wins it from Sergio, Goosen and Katsia. Uh Sergio, obviously... Um, it's one Qatar, Goosen has won Qatar, Katsia has um, been second at Qatar. Um, so keep Qatar in your mind for a minute and not like the stuff that will, you know, get in your throat. Um, <laughs> 2019, he won round here, obviously, from Joel Showholm, or we'll talk about um, very soon. Um, behind him was Grace, uh, Schwartz, Bill, Van Tonder and Lombard. Lombard's been top 10 here twice. Grace has obviously won here in 2014. Shortsaw's won this three times. Um, and 2019 as well, his other best effort, which is is the key here, 
his other best effort um, was seventh in Qatar. I mean, we know Pablo plays well in the desert anyway, but his best effort was seventh in Qatar. Winner of that, of course, was Campillo. Katsia was seventh. Uh, Campillo, if anybody remembers, uh, David Drysdale um, took him to a playoff. David Drysdale was second to Lipsky here um, when Lipsky won two years ago. Um, Xander Lombard was third in that competition there. Um, I mean, to be honest, it goes on and on. Campillo obviously won the um, Trophy Hassan a couple of years ago. Uh, in that event, he beats uh, Eric Van Ruyen, Julian Suri, David Lipsky was fifth, and Christian Bez was 14th. Suri played well at Valderrama. Bez won Valderrama. You go back to David Drydsdale when he was fourth in the Irish Open. Rahm won by six. He was second at Valderrama behind Bez. Um, there, there are so many... Uh, combinations that lead you to the same eight, ten players continually that turn up in the same place. So wherever one plays well, um, you'll, you'll always find one of a group of six or seven that, that tend to be there all the time. The one, of course, that you want to mention, of course, is uh, the Maybank. Yeah. Um, and I'll bring up the 2018 version where Pablo was third behind uh, Sharma. Um, second was Campillo again. So winner in Qatar, second in um, in, in the Maybank. He was only beaten by a Sharma 62, otherwise he'd have won that tournament. Fifth was Fratelli, and I believe Laratha Bell wasn't too far behind either. Um, and then you go back to Campillo again, who's got that tied second in Schwani, tied second in the Nelson Mandela. When he was third in India, uh, Bez was fourth, Van Ruyen was sixth. When he was tied seventh in Ireland, Lombard was ninth, Casilla was sixth. When he was um, tied second with eight others in the 2019 Qatar running, Harding won it, Casilla. Van Ruyen, Bez are all there in the tied second. It just all points to Campillo having a fantastic tournament because he's involved everywhere. With everybody you'd expect to be somewhere in the top 10 at Leopard Creek, and he gets involved with winners Pablo Larathabal and David Lipsky, Campillo just comes out all the time. So Campillo is my numero uno wager of the week. There you go. There is the long version. The short, less, I'm not going to say less intelligent, but the streamlined version is, is oh, the, 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 the 2012 Malaysian Open is where David Lipsky finished third. That year, Louis Eustazen wins the Malaysian Open. Obviously, he plays well here. Charles Schwartzel, who's a, a Leopard Creek legend, was sixth that year. Henny Otto, seventh. JP Kruger, eleventh. So, a very strong South African contingent. Pablo de Rafael was 24th that year in the Malaysian Open. Why is that important? Because in the Malaysian Open in 2018... Uh, as you mentioned, Campillo was second. Larafabel was third. He shot 64-66 over the weekend. And that year, um, where, where are we going again? I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, David Lipsky also played incredibly well there, 17th. So Lipsky and Larafabel seem to play, like you say, you know, well at the same time, same events, both winners here. So the Malaysian Open may be a little bit of an indicator as well. Um, if you can find someone from that, then then great. I just think it's a, maybe an event to look at and keep your eye on because uh, Scott Hend has obviously won there. Um, he's played well in the Maybank Championship. Johannes Veerman uh, was fourth there last year, played well here last year on his debut. I think it was seventh. Um, Dean Burmist has played well there, played well here. So, you know, there's certainly some links there between that event and yours um, that may just give us a bit of an indicator, even though Obviously, the test has slightly changed here in the last couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I say, you know, we're we're trying to look for a connection between the recent winners and and 
you know, for me, it's 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 clear. It's clear enough. I've, I've probably made it more convoluted than it needs to be. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, like I say, there are 10, 12 players that turn up at the same tournament all the time. There are connections and therefore um, you have to run with them, don't you? Um, I mean, the other thing with Campy, obviously, we were on last time um, in running at uh, Cyprus. Um, he, he he got the most out of his round, let's put it like that. Um, and that eagle on the last, the last par five, um, a hole where he, I think he made he made the green by about an inch on Saturday. Um, but on Sunday, he went for it. He knew what he had to do. Um, made eagle in the final group and managed to get third. So he's coming here in flying form. Uh, would it have been nice to have an outing in between? I suppose, yes, it would have done. But it, you know, it doesn't really matter. I'd expect him to leave his you know, mid-40s finishes here way behind. Um, yeah, and if there is anything in, in connecting them, Spaniards you know do well here obviously pablo martins won a couple of times pablo so it's not the great it wouldn't be the greatest of surprise to see him or as you say if we've got that wrong about the actual player it certainly will be a surprise to see the likes of sharma or, or pablo or any of those Maybank um or trophy hassan um uh, uh competence do very very well this week so yeah I, i've lumped for campio but you know you, you could pick any of them uh, he, he just made perfect sense to me, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you say, it's one of those events, isn't it? Like last week, where I think there's maybe better claims for the favourites this week than there was last week. I think last week it was maybe slightly easier to oppose the head of the market than it is this time around. Mm. Like Brandon Stone mm. is a lot more obvious this week than he was. Well, not well, a lot more obvious this week, but he's done it last week to confirm what everyone was thinking and now he makes a good price McIntyre uh, played well here a couple of years ago didn't he um, has just won and Bez is obviously typically solid as well nine Ava came close so you know that that's a strong contingent of four Eddie Pepper all likes this part of the world whether he'd be too busy drinking and eating and you know eating some ghastly food that he does and you know possibly he might not contend but he makes solid enough claims doesn't he so I think that that trying to go too far outside this week and and pick out the uh, Sunshine Tour contingents like we did last week possibly not the way to go, but there you know still some values to be had as we'll get onto later in the podcast. Yeah. So I think I think Stone to me is the clear favourite. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the worry with Stone, although he's it was an interesting fact. I think I can't remember who put it up. Um, last week, going into the final round, of the top nine, there were three European Tour victories in that top nine, and all three belonged to Brandon Stone. Hmm. So uh, that was that was just of interest going into that tournament. That you know that you had eight maidens in the top nine. Um, yeah, he took he took everything out of last week, didn't he? I mean, I, I'm a fan of Brandon Stone. Um, was on against, um, as Ben puts it, you know, when he had his pocket picked by um, Sammy Valamaki in a man. He, he, he couldn't really, he couldn't really do any more than he actually did. I mean, no. okay, yes, to be critical, he missed an eight-foot chance on one of the playoff holes to win it, um, but he couldn't really do any more. You know, he stuck that twenty-five footer in to to go into the lead, and and there we are. But yeah, you look at his record here. His attitude is brilliant as well. If anybody watches his post-round interviews, um, you know they're 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 incredible. I mean, he's he's you know he he's very very relaxed and. He's quite happy to admit that, you know, he has a go at himself if anything goes wrong and he expects more, but he's, he's very chilled about it. But yeah, 
in terms of form, you can do what you like. I mean, he loves it here, doesn't he? He's won the Cape Town Open in 2015. The second was Steve Surrey, who played really well from nowhere last weekend. Um, you know, fifth was Eric Van Ruyen, who ties in with everything. That's going back five years. Um, 2016, uh, won the South African Open. Christian Bez was second. Grace was fourth. He was tied second defending Cape Town. Xander Lombard was fourth before winning here. Um, and even when he won the Scottish Open in 2018, there were three other South Africans in the top 20. And he came there um, off a terrible one, 69, missed cut, missed cut. Um, before that, his previous best was uh, just outside the top 20, the trophy Hassan, which was won by Alex Levy. Alvaro Kiros managed to turn up that week. He was second, who then won the Rocco 40 Open who was second, who chased him all the way down the stretch, Xander Lombard. So the, the, these players, just the same players seem to, seem to, you know, be going round and round and round and round. But yeah, you know, Xander's a, a lump of class, isn't he, really? Let's face it. Um, off the tee, a um, bit different. Uh, it's funny because the stats on one side are slightly different to the stats on another. But either way, he was top two off the tee, um, top 10 in approach, top two in tee to green. And it was the putting that let him down. But that's, that's the case with him because as we always say if you're going to be top two in everything else if you're going to be top two in putting you're going to win it you're going to win it by 30 aren't you so um, so he's in flying form his approach game is absolutely brilliant Um, most of the players say they love this place I haven't read anybody that says they don't everybody says they love coming here Um, my worry is it's it's slightly superstitious is does he look too good um, you know, we started playing him at 20s, 25s, I think. If I'm not mistaken, he was something like 60 at Oman. Um, and my worry is now that you're now asked, I mean, Ben's put him up. So 12 to 1 is the general price. It's, look, full respect his chance. He, I, I had him marked at 16 to 1 to put him up. Uh, but he's now 12s, really. And um, all right, it's 14 top 8, actually, just there. That's not bad, but it's a favourite, isn't it? And uh, you've got to win, really, haven't you? I think that's what it, I think that's what it is. Is that Brandon Stone's the type of player I look at him and and I think of him as someone that because he goes out to some like you like you sort of alluded to there, he goes out to some really big prices all of a sudden, doesn't he? Because he does go on this sort of run of poor form, um, and I don't think he's limited to where he can win, as he's proven in the past. And he's just the type of player that I'd like to take a chance on. At, you know. 60s 80s whatever because he's just as likely and bigger i think he sometimes goes just you know just to take a chance on talent alone um then try and make sure that he wins an event you expect him to because you know he's won a scottish open okay two of his victories have come in south africa but he's like you say he should have had another one in amman um could have had another one in portugal last year stephen brown picked and sat down the stretch didn't he um, France 2016 he had a top five and you know was playing well you know I don't think he's limited to where he can he can turn up so I'd probably rather just take a chance when he goes out to a bigger price but like you say full respect to his chances um, is there anyone you know you, you talked about the fact that um, oh god Jorge Campillo was your number one Bet mm. this week is was there anyone shorter than that that you seriously considered? Yeah, I mean Stone obviously and Christian Bez. I mean, once again, yeah, very eye catching last week. Really, was never really in it, um, and just bit you know, 
there was a couple over in America as well, but we're not on the America. You know, there was a couple over there that, that just done a little bit that makes you think, okay, they weren't at their absolute best, but still managed to to perform well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Bez, I think it, Bez went off favourite last year in this, didn't he? Um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, only to miss the cut after an opening 78. Um, so his course form would be a worry because um, he hasn't really performed before the change. All right, he's got a top 20 in the 2018 when he was not quite the player he was now. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there are bizarre links to Valderrama, which of course he won. Um, again, he's got he's got he's got form in the right places. He was, you know, second in Dubai, obviously um, to um, Herbert, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, in tied third was was Dean Burmester and Adrian Naus, who was very well fancied here. Tied eleventh was Mr. Lipsky. Um, when he was tied second in guitar in 2019, he, again, we, we've covered this as well, um, including Campio, Campio, Kutsia, Eric Van Ruin. You know, they're all there. So, again, he has the right form in the right places. Um, didn't perform particularly brilliantly last week um, off the tee um, or is on his approach, uh, but putted well. But, of course, you know, if you don't perform off the tee and you don't perform with your irons and you've got to putt well, otherwise you don't get 15th, you end up with 52nd. So, for me, I, I, it was, it was ho- strongly considered because I thought it was so eye-catching last week. Looking at his stats, he may be below what's required at the moment. I'm not sure he's on top of his game. So, whilst 18 was initially reasonable, um, I'm going to jack him while we're on the podcast. You're not, uh, you're not thinking of going back to the world with Laurie Cantor at all? No. Can't face that heartbreak again. No, no, no. I, I, what I, when you saw over the weekend um, on both tournaments, you saw um, Nine Neighbor and, and Hanson, as we've already discussed. I mean, all right, yeah, Nine Neighbor done that, but he, he certainly didn't throw it away. Um, and then, obviously, in the PGA, you saw Streb perform fantastically um, when Kisner put it down to him. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm just sorry, but no, I'm not being bitten again I mean I'll, I'll, I'll back Cantor at sort of 66, 70, 80 because the place will return enough for you to not worry about it well I don't think it'll be that long before he goes back to that sort of price either with, with the well, greatest respect because if, you know if he has a, uh, what, a top say he's finishing 35th or something this week and does that for a couple of events he goes back out to a big price doesn't he at I'll the say, moment they've just got that recent second place finish in their head um, well he played alright hasn't he but he played alright here hasn't he I do think that it's just a case of you might as well just wait because if he does win this week, then then fine. Like you know, it's not it's not a can't miss price. I don't think. Like you know, okay, he's fourteenth here last year. That's plenty good enough. But you know, if he finishes fourteenth again, which is you know probably about right, um, finishes first fifth in the next event, he suddenly goes back to triple digits at the start of next year, doesn't he? Well, he'll have to be. the quality of fields, won't he? Yeah, he'll have to be. And, and to be honest, the problem is that he's not, you know, he's not 22, is he? So, no. um, you know, the longer it takes to win, I'm sure he will win. Uh, but, I, I, you know, it, below 40, I wouldn't even, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't even look anymore. Adrian House was one that I, that I did consider. Um, mm. I often think that he's kind of too short and priced, way more on potential rather than, than what he has actually achieved. Um, but he did sort of gauge my interest a little bit. Missed the cut last week, but I don't think that was the end of the world. Um, 
finished tied ninth here last year with the former winner Pablo Larafabal. I, I thought that was that was enough, um, and there was some sort of forty to one about him. I don't think uh, you know thirties, thirty threes, eight places is, is a bad price really. Um, but it may be that I just go to my next uh, next best person who you've taught me back onto as we were off air um, is Johannes Veerman. I think that he's going to be the type of person I am going to be gutted if I miss out on it. And going back onto the the Maybank thing there, um, that's somewhere where he's performed very well. Uh, he's got a fourth place finish in 2019, twelfth place finish in 2017 there, and then he finished seventh here on debut. You know, that's kind of enough for me to suggest that while he's in form um, you know he, he was disappointing over the weekend which is what initially put me off um, shot 74 on the Saturday after sort of starting with a 64 um, but yeah I think again it's, it's harsh because I've just said what I said about sort of um, announced about maybe being sort of priced on potential but I think Veerman is is a very talented player and I don't think it'd be too long before he does seriously contend for a title and, and probably take his chance yeah, I mean, Beamin ranks uh, third in par five and fourth in par four performance, uh, well, well below the um, the pars required. Yeah. Um, and if he if he's on form, yeah, I, you know, we discussed it earlier. Like you say, I was surprised you didn't put him up. Um, well, the other thing was yeah. well, the thing that sort of caught because I was looking at originally, I was looking at Bryce Easton, who was thirteenth in the old, you know, traditional greens and regulation statistics, and directly above him is well, he's on the same percentage as Johannes Beamin in twelfth. So. Mm. Um, you know he's going to find the greens, um, and he is an improving player. So if you if you want to take the forties one and take a chance on six places, I think thirty five to one eight places is better because I think he's the type that could either get up there and fade slightly, or you know there, there is a little bit of a worry still. I don't think he's rock solid, but I think that he's very talented and and good enough to win this sort of title. Oh, he's better than his compatriot David. Well, not at the moment in terms of money won, but you know he looks more talented than his compatriot David Lipsky. So why not? And and you know looking at his opening rounds recently, 64, 67, 64, um, and obviously you liked him in the Cypress Showdown. He went 67, 64, 64. Um, I just wonder whether with a right tee start, whether he might be worth you know ten pence each way on a on a first David. round leader. Yep. There is that possibility as well. Fast starter. Um, there was a few around this sort of price range. Uh, Dean Burmester, I thought there was someone that you might have put up. Um, yeah, you're a big fan of his, aren't you? I am. But, but uh, didn't go there this year. But he's tied 18th, tied 5th, his last two starts. Um, plays well here, plays well in South Africa in general, as you would expect. Um, what was it that you decided against in the end? I, don't, I just decided against him. Um <laughs> Because you can't do them all. No. Um, you know, how many times you go to the well with someone? I mean, yeah, Burmy, I will yeah, I will put up again, I've no doubt, at some point. I mean, it probably was. I mean, I had Bez there. And, again, we're going to talk about Xander Lombard in a minute. Um, you know, when, when we wrote, or I wrote about Xander Lombard, he was 80. Um, obviously, Ben's put him up, as have a, a few others. And I know that he's the Twitterati... Um, intelligentsia curse this week which never ever win um, and had I, you know had I known I was jacking Bez then um, you know Burmy was definitely one that I, I could have put up there's nothing wrong with what he's doing um, I need him to putt uh, I need him to find greens and he, he does one or the other normally 
but I, you know, I love watching him play. I think he, he's awesome, and I, I genuinely, I'll be very happy to see him win without being on. Um, I just for the on this occasion, he, he wasn't put up because how many can you do? I think the thing that really made a decision for me because I I thought it was quite eye catching was. Um, the fact that he missed two cuts since the renovation, so 2018-2019 missed the cut both times um, and before that he missed four cuts so he had an 11th and a 17th between those so I think he had two good years here plays well in South Africa He's just very, I mean he's he's feast or famine anyway isn't he, he's, you, you never know quite what you're going to get he um, just goes he, yeah, he's just very aggressive and, and if it pays off, it pays off isn't he um, a yeah. bit like Pablo de Rafael in that sense, he, you know, he, he generally gives it a whack and and hopes he finds it, and then uh, and then plays. I mean, Larkbar is a very skilled player, and he, mm. and the, as we you know we spoke about off air, um, because again originally I was a bit like, oh, Pablo Larkbar, you don't really, don't really like betting him, but you know anything less than three figures really, because he is completely psycho, isn't he? You, you never know quite what you're going to get. Um, but I did then say, well, what price could you actually make him this week if it wasn't Pablo Larkbar? Because I mean, he's probably got the the credit here to be a 28 to you know 33 to one shot really hasn't he because he's got a win a ninth uh you know last year backing up the win that he had um no sorry other way around he'd won here hadn't he uh last year but yeah. you know he's a four-time is it five-time winner on the european tour you know that's that's some serious some serious standards as we said he's played well in malaysia which we're linking to he's played well in qatar dubai you know, he makes an awful lot of sense, and at fifty to one, I don't, you know, I don't really know. I, I consider that a decent price, even though it goes against every sort of bone in my body to think that about someone like Pablo Larrabal. Yeah, I think he's short, but Larrabal is exactly the type of player that that you know I'd be happy to take forty-five, fifty to one when he's seven off the lead at halfway. Um, I know that, you that's, can't. That's the thing, isn't it? Is is it's hard to imagine getting that sort of price about him on this course, but that is the sort of thing you can get about him in general. Like he's a type that see it first before trying to predict it, isn't it? You know, if he shows you something after round one, uh, but doesn't, you know, isn't right up there, then it's worth just getting involved, as you say, in running. Yeah, I, that, that's how I see the Rathabel. I mean, you know, unfortunately, round here, you, you know, certainly the last two years, you can't come from behind. Mm. Um, you know, the top five last year the worst worst they were at halfway was sixth the top five the year before the worst at halfway was 12th and you still had the first second and third all finished within the top five so it, it, you know it's not a course where somebody's going to or we we think somebody's going to take off and, and hit 63 in the, on moving day and overtake everybody just doesn't look that sort of course so look pablo's pablo nobody knows what he's going to do i don't suppose pablo knows what he's going to do to be perfectly honest with you um He's great, and he. I mean, to be fair, he's great for the game. But he's typical. He's typical Spaniard, and he. They're all nutters, aren't they? Um, you know, they've all got mercurial talent, should we call it? I think. Um, yeah, I mean, can he can he defend? Why not? He's played France very very well um, before. Uh, he obviously plays Abu Dhabi, you know, extremely well most years, um, and he obviously loves it here. You know, and like you say, you know, he's played well. 2016 when power probably counted for more um and 18 19 when it's you know probably a little bit more um guile is required he's gone ninth and first i mean you know it wasn't a great effort last time when he was in the lead but 
on finals Ray, but he, he got it done. Um, but he is, isn't he? He's just he, he's a, he's a coarse horse, isn't he? He he's the sort of person, like you say, he's had two, three good, very you know, very good finishes in, in Abu Dhabi. He had a ninth here two years ago, then went and won it, you know, this year or the, the last uh, last effort in it. Um, and then he just seems to open the Espana. He's had two top threes. Like he he goes back to you know BMW International Open. He, he keeps repeating performances. He does, yeah. And does. and that's the thing. It is it's very obvious where he plays well and when he's going to play well. Um, and I just thought that, you know, the fact that he played reasonably well, he got to the, the final day, didn't he, of the showdown. Um, and 27th at Wentworth was quite eye-catching as well for someone like him. He shot 75 on the final day to, to obviously fall down the leaderboard slightly. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's one of those ones where I just I, I find it, when he looks obvious, is when he shoots 78, 80, isn't it? That's... Yeah. That's the scary part about Pablo Larafael, and then as we've been saying, we're going to come on to Xander Lombard here, who you know is just ridiculously obvious, isn't he? You know, he's got a third and a seventh here since the renovations. He's now fifty to one of eight places. He was eighty to one this morning. Yeah. Like, you know, I suppose in this, but then again, they've got similar credentials, haven't they? He's got a first and a ninth, and Xander Lombard's got a third and a seventh. So they're, yeah, they're actually both big prizes, really. Yeah, well, I think Xander was. Well, yeah, Lombard was, but equally, I think Lombard is more. Having said that, you're quite right in pointing out that you know horses for courses, but I think Lombard played so well last week. Um, like you say, when you consider he's got a third and a seventh round here, um, I think it's a stupid number on um, the final hole last year. Um, otherwise, he would have been second or third, I think. Um, he obviously led the Ned Bank for three rounds before a disaster was 77. He made an eight, didn't he? I think he went in the water last year. I think that's mm. what that He'd done that, to be fair, he, you know, in the Ned Bank, he led for three rounds as well mm. um, before hitting a 77 in the final round. I remember him chasing Avora Kiros in the Rocco 40. I think Lombard had just gone on the European Tour, I think, at that stage. I remember that very well because Kiros, don't know where he got that from. Um, again, another Spaniard. That nobody knows what he's going to do. It's, yeah. it's quite incredible um, how they do this. Um, so when he won that, I think he made it. I think sure he made a couple of crucial mistakes coming down the stretch while he was chasing him. So that's the worry with Lombard. Um, doesn't win as much as he's, he's probably his talent should. Went through a while without sort of doing anything really. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at where he does turn up, again, you know, he turns up at the same places all the time. So the way you're saying that he yeah. doesn't win as much as he should, does Rafa Bale win more than he should? Not his five European Tour victories for, for Larafa Bale. Yeah, Larafa Bale. I mean, I just remember everything that Rafa Bale does, he's mad, isn't it? It's, mm. it's, you know, it's one of them. It's like sometimes you have a go at people uh, at people for having a go at um, certain holes. Um, and sometimes you don't. You know, let, look, let's go back to, because I need to get the Ernie L2 seven in <laughs> somewhere. Um, you know, there are, that that final hole, that par five, you know, very simple. We've had loads of them this year, haven't we? Final hole par fives are just awesome, aren't they? You know, where they just put them over water. Um, on, on that occasion, Ellis didn't need to do anything but get a seven, and he still would have won um, against John Bickerton. Bickerton was um, packing his bags and going home with second prize check. And uh, Ernie Ells needed seven standing on the final hole. Uh, had 190 for his second. 
stuck in the water, no problem. Goes back and wedges it past the green into the water again, hits eight and loses by one. Um, not the first time Ernie's done it, but again, another case of an outstanding player, but with a huge catalogue of errors. You know, it, it, it really is only Tiger Woods, genuinely, that I can't remember making serious mistakes. I, I, I think every player does. So, um, yeah, for me, Lombard f- struggles to win, but 80 to 1 was so wrong given. Um, just this course form, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, just, just this course well, form here. On course form, he can't be that. On last week's form, where, where again, you know, um, he's top 10 in off tee, top 10 in uh, tee to green. Um, and yeah, according to what I had, he was he was uh, better at putting than what um, one side is making it. Um, everything about him just looks like he must go well off off of that fifteenth, mustn't he? Um, he shouldn't have been eighties. That at the end of the day, that was completely wrong, wasn't it? It was. I will be honest with you. He was so far down the list. I didn't think he was playing because I didn't look that <laughs> far for his name. That's genuine. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to go off 25, 33 to 1. And when I couldn't find his name, I actually didn't write anything more about him. And when I looked, as we were just before we came on air, um, I actually couldn't believe that, that you know, that his name was there. Um, so, so you'd still make him a better 50s one? Then. I still think he's wrong, yeah. I still it, it, Again, the place element of it, at, at sort of, is he 50s for the first eight? don't think he is can't be sure uh, i think he is uh... yeah he's 50 the first yeah. eight so the place element's worth it isn't it at that price i, I he does that's win, probably what you are playing for isn't it yeah i don't think he'll win um because he'll do something wrong on the final round but you know we said that about jb hansen hmm. something always clicks doesn't it in the end and you know it's a very old boring thing if they played this 55 times you know where would xander lombard be would you make a profit? Yeah, you probably would, to be honest, first eight. Scott Jameson. Now, he played well last week. Um, was on him last week, 40 to 1. I think it was 40 to 1. Might be no, 60 to 1, wasn't it? Might have been 60 to 1, actually. Um, he he did what Scott Jameson does, plugged away and had a very respectful finish. And I mentioned how well he plays in South Africa, which is the main reason for putting up you know, that time. But he's got a th- two-thirds and a fourth here. Um, only one of those has come since the renovation in 2018. Um, you know, it, I don't think I'm going to go back to him because I think he showed me enough last week to sort of suggest that I don't, you know, don't need to urgently get back on him. But he, you know, he shot 72 on the final day to put himself basically out of it when Lipsky won. He's obviously very, very capable of winning an event like this, but it does frighten you that, you know, the only time he has won was when it got shortened to. Two holes, was uh, two rounds, wasn't it? Uh, the Nelson Mandela. So that's kind of the massive concern, and maybe you're just playing for the place element, which you know when it starts getting to forties and thirty threes. I mean, there's fifty seven places to look out. That's probably fair enough. But I just think all of these here, Jameson, Rafael, Lombard. Not one of those would surprise me at fifties one if they won. But I think that's probably a very good place to get away from the favourites there. Yeah, I remember that. Um... Nelson Mandela back in 2012, as we've discussed before, because I was on Webster, um, who looked like he was going to win that before Jameson went. But that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, did they not shorten all those holes? Yeah, he shot 57. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I, I mean, they were like, 
weren't they all par three? It was something, something ridiculous. It's something ridiculous. It's, it wasn't a proper event, was it? It, it wasn't was a proper 57. event, no, not at all, which is why I back Steve Webster. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, Jameson's playing really, really well. What's interesting is you wouldn't have necessarily, um, or I wouldn't have put him down as, as competing against the likes of Schwartzel um, and people like that um, in the sort of the old, if you like, the old running. So 2012, Schwartzel won uh, when he was third. 2016 is still the old one. That's when Brandon Stone won. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't have put him as as competing against that type of player. So that's, that's excellent performances, and and surely this version of Leopard Creek is much more suited to his game. Um, and therefore, yeah, if he can follow up a third and a twentieth recently, it's it, it's you'd say it's trending in the right direction. Certainly, if he was 22 years old, which he's not. No, um, so and that, that is the fact that there's evidence that's there worry, that isn't it? winning, isn't uh, it? Just going so, back to Lerafa, I mean, most people like us, and sometimes I forget it from time to time. It's very when he does get in contention, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about who it is that he's beaten. And I just just want to talk about it just very briefly, you know, just for people that maybe have only just started watching golf or whatever. I don't think there's that many people like that, that listen to this. But when he won in Abu Dhabi, he beat uh, Roy McIlroy and Phil Mickelson. When he won the BMW International Open, he beat Sergio Garcia in a playoff, uh, and Retief Goosen was just behind him. When he won in France, he beat Colin Montgomery. Uh, when he won in Germany, he beat Henrik Stenson. Uh, when he won here, like you say, he beat Joe Schulholm, but he also beat Brandon Grace and Charles Schwartz with one extra shot behind those. Uh, when he lost to KLM, it was only to Peter Hansen, who obviously was a very good player at the time. He, he really does mix it. I mean, they're not even just the best on European soil. He's the best players in the world, mm. aren't they? Like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how good he is. He's, like, he, he's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 I don't suppose you can coach him. I mean, I wouldn't know. Uh, I, I, you know there's no way he'd have a routine like a Vijay Singh or no. Tiger. Boxer um, Frost comes to mind. But... Yeah, yes, he is. He's absolutely, you know, he is what he is. Um, and, but he's great fun to watch. I mean, I remember him winning in France and he had a shot over Walter and, and I'm sure it was Boxall commentating saying, you know, well, it's, you know, I won't play it directly at the flag. He doesn't need to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And literally picked the club out of the bag, went, thank you very much. Bosh. And it just made it over. I can't remember by foot or something. And I'm pretty sure he made birdie out of that. Um, and that's what he is. He, he just, that's the way he plays. He, you don't imagine, he doesn't sit there going on what do you think he'd be the best shot here and speak to his caddy and, they come up with oh no, I'll tell you what lay up um, he just does what he feels he's, and he's you know the game's all the better for people like that to be honest with you it's like you discussed uh, with a couple of the people you've interviewed before um, you know the youngsters are amazing now but it is all based it is all track man it is all numbers isn't it there's, mm. there's, there's you know we talk about feel and you know there's a possibility that's going out of the game um, at the moment and you know, Pablo's one of those that, you know, like Sergio, you, you know, you love them or hate them, but they've got a remarkable amount of talent and it's all in their hands. And it's, it's, you know, it's the Spanish thing, you know, you know it from Seve and you know it from beforehand and they follow in that trend. Absolutely. There, there's a couple of players down I want to sort of just breeze through because we said we're going to make it a slightly shorter podcast this week, didn't we? Um, yeah. Richard Sterney is come back from wrist surgery, missed the cut last week on the number. Um, but does play well here at Leopold Creek. Um, he's won it a couple of times in the part, or won it once, is it once or twice? Um, but it was a long time ago now, um, and obviously wasn't on the course as it is now. 
um, but obviously he's a, he's a fine South African player playing in South Africa. Um, I don't think I can quite get to him considering he's still just back from that surgery, but we've seen with people like Tilra Hatton that if, if the surgery's been done properly, you're, you're pretty good to go. Um, Julian Suri is shortening up um, to 80 to 1, but he's shown signs of form, isn't he? he, he we mentioned him when he first came back, um, and again, sort of recently as well. He is so good. Um, excellent player, has form in the right places, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he had another good week. It just seems to be that he does seem to chuck in the odd bad round at the moment. It can't seem to make four rounds put together, and that would concern me. Shabun Kashama has come up a few times in this podcast, and he was very popular last week um, because obviously he was playing in a course that he had won. So 66-1 to one might be interesting on him. Uh, I can't go back to the world with Jack Blau after watching that over the weekend. Masahiro Kawamura has been playing very well, hasn't he? We've mentioned him a few times now. Uh, finished 18th here on his debut last year. Um, so again, there's there's a sort of collection of players there before we get into the into the triple digits, uh, sort of of interest and you know potentially if you listen to this for sort of fantasy reasons and and DraftKings and things like that, there's sort of a couple of names that are worth mentioning. Um, any uh, sort of 100 and 101 and bigger for you, Jason? Yep, um, I'm a bit sad that Nicholas Lemke isn't playing. No, but, we both um, put him on and scrubbed him out. I didn't actually do it no in pen and what, paper this week, but you did. No idea what price he would have been. Um, either I, imagine too short. It, I, I thought he was going to be too short, and I, that's why I was looking further down. I thought, And then I got quite excited, thinking, oh, maybe he's something stupid, still like 200 to 1, and then he just wasn't there full stop, and I was disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Connor Syme, I think. Um, uh, he was 90 for a considerable period till about, I think, about 8 o'clock tonight um now he has gone off the ball a little bit we did put him up a couple of times um at uh, celtic manor i think possibly before that can't recall now um and certainly not going through all these notes you've seen you've seen the way i write so i'm certainly <laughs> not going through all that again um you know he, he, he's been playing exceptional he he um is a very very straight hitter of the ball so driving around here should be right up his street um 11th last year on debut is a fantastic effort um certainly wasn't the player that he is now i'm slightly concerned about the two missed cuts at cyprus but that could have just been you know one of those things um like the course you know sometimes there are absolutely like, isn't it absolutely but the other crucial thing that, that most people have put up now as well is that he was second behind liam johnston in the south african amateur in 2017 hmm. uh and he finished that year ranked eighth in the world amateur golf rankings which you know, that's that's I mean, that's proper going when you're up against the Americans and, and Spanish and people like that. Um, you know, like you say, you know, 11th last year, um, he was 12th on when he professional debut in Portugal. You know, he can really play um, when he won the Turkish uh, Airlines on the Challenge Tour. Uh, Will Bessling was third and obviously Bessling's got a third here. Um, he was tied fourth in Austria, which again is, is it a league down from this? It wasn't on telly anyway. Um, yeah, it was. It was a down. It was a you know, Bess, yeah, but Bessling was also third there. Um, you know, so so there is form there. Uh, he's played well in Amman. He was top ten in Amman. Obviously, we know that Brandon Stone was uh, lost in a playoff there, and Katsia was six. So when he's on, he's on. And there are form lines of some of his best efforts um, that suggest that you know this this could be another course that that suits him. He, he would seem to appear at certain tracks if if those that he beat um, are any guide. And I thought 90 was 
to be honest, what he's done early this year and, and the fact this has turned into a um, um, a tee to green course, I think it's going to be a second shot course, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, Syme on his best is uh, quite capable of, of, you know, sticking it to him. Yeah, I completely agree. I, we, as you say, I, I put him up a couple of times last uh, earlier on in the season, got burned a couple of times, so maybe I'm just not as forgiving. Um, but yeah, it makes makes perfect sense there. There, there was. I wondered whether we were going to go back to Jaden Shaper again um, because mm. he played well last week, didn't he? And then uh, when I looked at it, he'd played. He finished 42nd here last year, but he shot final around 78 to sort of drop out of the chances of the top 20. So I thought maybe to go back on him just because his, uh, you know, his his long game was superb. His two two point five six game strokes gain in approach, two point seven one t to green. Uh, it was all short game that cost him last week. But he obviously we put him up one hundred and twenty five to one last week. Gone down to sort of sixty sixties eighties. I thought that was enough of a drop to uh, to avoid him in the end. But he's certainly yeah. a rising talent, isn't he? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure maidens win this. I'm mm. pretty sure, you know, they don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, keep your eye on him because unquestionably he's going somewhere, isn't he? He's, what he's... did you think about Aaron Cockerell in in mm. contention as well? Because he's someone that's a couple of times, though, he came up at the first uh, Cyprus event that I, that I looked at. Uh, he came up in my sort of research. I think he came up in the Italian Open as well. And I and I was sort of—he was—he's a player, isn't he? He keeps popping up top twenty-five, mm-hmm. a, you know, top twenty-six, fourteenth, nineteenth, twenty-fourth. Like he just seems to be there. And when you look at it, I think he's only played eighteen events on the European Tour. Like he keeps—he keeps sort of churning out these results. He's obviously found what is his level because he had years of struggling, not making the big time. And I don't think he even qualified for the McKenzie Tour uh, in his home country. And then he shot a sixty-four. Uh, to start last week and, and he just hung about he didn't do quite enough to win the golf tournament but he certainly didn't disgrace himself either did he I actually thought he'd be a bit shorter than he is I mean 100 to 1 is only the 5 places which is if he was 100 to 1 with the 7 or 8 places I'd been a bit more tempted but he certainly didn't didn't do anything wrong no no he didn't no let, let, let's see what he does um, when he's it'd right it'd be interesting there. to see if he can put it back to back top 5s wouldn't it who was the player that was, that was going through um just after lockdown, um, the Australian who kept being there and being there and being there. Oh God, he had, he had Jason Scrivener. Then he, he cut it off. No, I can't. Yeah. To life, it escapes me. But he's he's sort of reminding me of him. In uh, we'd like to see it going. We'd like to see it keep going because uh, I wonder. Let's, let's just see. Let's just see what happens. But yeah, without without question. I mean, you know, he's, he played well last week. He's played well. But really, to be honest with you, the majority of the lockdown, uh, post-lockdown period. So yeah, let's see. Let's see whether he's up to this. Um, it seems to be when he makes when he makes the weekend, he seems to put in a top twenty-five finish, doesn't he? So he just seems to be that type of person that does makes maybe you know keeps the mistakes off the card, but maybe doesn't quite get. Yeah, he I mean, his his lack of length is is not going to matter this week, I don't think. Um, this will pro- yeah, this will probably be the test for him. Um, let's see what he does but yeah I know somebody uh, messaged me earlier does does really fancy him thinks he's a big price and yeah 101 top 5 mm. possibly is you get down to this stage it's there's always a problem with somebody isn't there there's always an issue with them um, you know I fancy Joel Showholm in, in this um, this sort of section of the market if you like uh, but yeah 
Cock could come fourth, couldn't he? Shohei could come fourth. Talking Shohei, like you say, second here last year. Um, and his numbers last week were superb, weren't they, in approaching T to green. And that, that was really eye-catching when he's coming to... I mean, he obviously likes his part of the world uh, and obviously likes his golf course. So, you know, he went from 350 to 1 to 125 to 1. But as we've said uh, in, in different podcasts, you know, you can't... I sometimes it put me off, but you can't... You've got to see every test as what it is, isn't it? I mean, he can't be 350 to 1 when he was second last week, regardless of what he'd done last, uh, last year. Regardless of what he done last week, and he played well last week as well, so it's hard to really make him a bigger price, isn't it? Yeah, everything with him is the flat stick, isn't it? Um, obviously, you're not going to like him because he wears plus fours. Um, awful that's just, awful yeah. decision. It's more offensive than the hoodie. <laughs> that's, a, that's a personal thing for you, isn't it? But th- this is the problem. He's got great figures, tee to green in the Celtic Classic, and finishes 57th because he can't putt. Hmm. Um, you know, he's got great figures at the Hero, and he finishes 22nd because he can't putt. Again, last week, he loses what, 6.2 shots to the field um, yeah, after ranking top 10 in approaches, and he finishes 23rd. But he has got some great form. Look, we discussed it earlier. Even if you can go back, he's been around for donkey's years, Shah Harmony. Yeah. You can go back to where you like. You know, 2011, you can go back, and he connects with winners of this event or placed, um, placed players in this event. Yeah. <coughs> um, you know, everywhere he goes and everywhere he plays well, George Garcia is there. Um, you know, 2012 Alfred Dunhill links. He obviously likes the sponsor, doesn't he? Uh, was won by Grace. <laughs> Garcia was in fifth. He finished one shot in front of him. Um, 2019, he was second in the Maiden Denmark that nobody gave a monkeys about, but that was behind Callum Hill, who played really... He, he was... Hill and Syme, you can just toss a coin and choose who you want to be with this week. Um, another excellent young player. Um, go back 2012 in Dubai is one shot behind Kutsia and Scott Jameson um, in ninth so you know if you could put if you could say Kutsia's got a chance and, and you know um, don't know what happened to Kutsia last week um, but you know he didn't play um, he, he's there isn't he and this is one at 125 to one you don't mind taking the place part really you know 30 to one your place or um, you know 15 to one your money really um, the other point is he, he's back now, so he may not be that big on Betfair. Um, but he could drift to 200 or something like that. Uh, he's, he's definitely of interest to say he plays because he has got an exceptional iron game. He just needs somebody else to come and, and putt for him. So yeah. I thought 100, 160 he was before we came on air. Um, I, I thought that was too big, but equally top 10 might be too big because of that. Yeah, absolutely, and it must be incredibly frustrating when you're that type of player, it's like Keegan Bradley, incredible ball striker, can't putt. You know yeah. how how devastating must it be when you put irons to where you put them uh, and just can't convert? It might, I mean, I think it'd be less infuriating whacking your irons all over the place and still getting in the hole in the end of it than it would be to to absolutely flush it and and just keep passing up opportunities, isn't it? Um, got a couple of players now that I think you're basically playing for the place money. The first one is Jonathan Caldwell, uh, 125 to 1, eight places. I know you're a fan of his uh, seventh at the Scottish Championship, fifth at the Italian Open, 16th. At, well, the showdown was, you know, what it was. Um, it was 35th last week. The, the thing that slightly concerns me is that his ball striking wasn't great last week, but that can just be, uh, you know, an off chance if you like. It could it could come back. Uh, I think this golf course will suit him better. 
Um, and it, you know he finished 14th last year, so that would suggest that, that it will suit him well. And, and I thought it was actually a reasonably big price considering what he'd done in recent times. Uh, I like Caldwell. I think he's on. I think he's on form. But like I, I did say last week, um, I, I'm not sure how long he's going to keep this going for. Um, yeah, you know, Cyprus. He's, he's started better than than he ended. Um, uh, I think what it is don't because, know, don't know. I'm, because I'm, they've I'm, only got to the end of the year, great. haven't they? Now, like they've only got to get sort of three or four events now before the end of the year. Can they just keep that going for that? Um, and the other, the other long shot here, who someone actually put up a comment. I think it might have been Stephen Gray uh, spoke about his South Africa form last week. Uh, missed the cut it was David Drysdale. Yeah. Um, you know that certainly is someone that you're playing for place money um, because is he 500 and without a victory uh, or 600? So it's something ridiculous, isn't it? The amount of starts he's made without winning. Uh, but again, he's 125 to one eight places. You know, he he plays South Africa very very well. He's played this golf course exceptionally. He was second here in 2018, wasn't he? Um, yeah. In the first year of renovations. Um, you know, 30 sit for last week, and he's he's been brilliant. He's got an eight, two eighths, or an eighth for sit, an eleventh, eleventh, eighteenth, second. He's just superb at this golf course and this part of the world as well. Yeah, as we said, he links in with Campio as well, doesn't he? So. Um... Yeah, like you say, he got that second in guitar earlier in the year. Yes, I mean, look, you know, it's... but he is, he is he is the epitome of a place merchant, isn't it? Because although to be fair, when he was second to Lipsky in 2018, he shot 67 on the final day, which is better than Lipsky. He just gave himself too much to do, you know, in the third round when he probably realised he had a chance to win. Um, you'd love to see someone like that get over the line, wouldn't you, Font? Uh, not if I was on the one who was in second, no. No, but 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 you do what you, he's the type of person deserving of a European Tour title, isn't he? At some point in his career, and there can't well, be many is, opportunities is, left. Is, is Richard Bland deserving of a tournament? Well, you won't think so because you don't. Well, like no, him, I'm asking. But... I'm asking. Is he? Well, is they he, are. I'm they? asking. You. They should. They should nick one at some point in their life. Yeah, it would. Be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not I this think... one though. Yeah. Well, I just think he's a, he's a reasonably big price. I, I don't think he's going to be a selection, but I thought he was someone that was worth a mention because I don't, you know yeah, I think right. it simply is you're playing for place money um, because like I said, I don't think he can win. Um, you mentioned Alvaro Quiros earlier. Yes. There's been sort of some some backing for him. I mean, you can just guess what he's going to do this week, can't you? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's you know he went down to twenty second in the world at one point. Do you remember he was he yeah. was he was the longest driver in the world by considerable margins when he was on top of his game. Well, he was yeah. like what what they were talking about how they were talking about nine over last week is what how they used to talk about Quiros, isn't it? Oh, he was bigger. He went to PGA, didn't he? he got the he got the adverts, he got everything. I mean, in a very short space of time, he made an awful lot of money for uh, marketing himself or you know whoever marketed him. Um, and he's you know I know you know I don't know if, if Steve I'm sure listens to this doesn't he Steve Rawlings. I mean, Steve loves Kiros. I don't know if he still does, but he used to put him up every week for anything. He put him up for Miss World. I think he put him up for, you know, the, you know, whatever that, you know, the Oscars. I'm sure he did. Um, Kiros is brilliant. When he's on, he's brilliant. Um, like I say, he he can turn up from nowhere. Then at the Rocco Forte, one for the first time in six years. Uh, who knows? I, I've no idea. I wouldn't have thought he's got the um, the game to to win this these days, but. You'd have he's thought not, that when he, he won the Rocco Forte, wouldn't he? 
yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's it? not he's not for me, but you know. He's... Well, no, it's, I, again, he hasn't played since they've renovated it. He only played. I think he's played the course twice, and he's won once and missed the cup. So that's his yeah, ten years in between. Think about him. Yeah. It, that's the type of player he is, isn't that's it? That's exactly what he is, yeah. Um, and like you say, when he won that time, he was one of the better players in the world. So, yep. it, you know, there's no reason to particularly suggest that he will go well. He's just a type, if he does get a hot start, he, he's a type that will dramatically fall in price. Um, so it might be interesting just to see uh, what price he is on Betfair. I haven't really got, I know uh, you might talk about Toby Tree again, but other than that, I haven't really got anyone to mention here. Because no, I think it will just be a top-class player, won't it? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But we'll talk about Toby anyway. Um, you know, we brought up the fact that he loves it down in this part of the world. We, In fact, in our interview, which is, I can't remember what podcast it is, but well worth listening to if you haven't. Um, you know, we, we actually asked him, has he ever thought about moving to South Africa full-time? Because I'm convinced if he did, he'd definitely win a tournament here on the Sunshine Tour. Um, again, he played really well last week. Could have been slightly better than that 20th. Um, you know, his irons were off, uh, but T to green, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, off the T, ranked second, T to green, 13th, approaches 20th. Um, you know, uh, but we've both been sort of in text conversations with him. And believe it or not, he played injured last week. Um, you know, you've got a, you've got a better uh, update than I have. But, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's his shoulder, wasn't it? You mentioned to me his shoulder, and yeah, I was sort of caught of him today. Um, that you know, how how was that feeling? And, and he sort of said, well, it, it was so tight, it was it was playing with his setup. He was struggling to actually set up yeah. completely to the ball, which is ridiculous when you actually consider the fact that he shot. He obviously struggled with it day one, shot a seventy-two, and shot three sixty-eight. So he played through it. Um, I did. I did wonder. I can't. I don't know if they've got the physios on site at the moment. Um, but I wondered whether he might just be able to get it stretched out and, and be able to play. My concern with with what he'd said is that you know it was affecting his setup. Is will he um, change to accommodate to sort of play sort of pain free or or whatever, and that kind of affect him in the long run? Hopefully it doesn't, uh, because obviously, like we say, we're you know good friends with Toby, he's a really great guy, and, and we're hoping that he is going to get his breakthrough on the European Tour because, and like you say, if it is going to be anywhere, it's going to be in South Africa, you'd think, wasn't it? Um, 228 places, considering how well he played when he was mm. slightly hurt. It, it's interesting, so the least, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always looking for where he finishes every week. And he's play, he is playing well. You know, um, he said he'd dedicate himself to the game. Um, he's playing much better this year, and obviously, it's been one of them funny years. Well, well, since he's I come mean, on the podcast, hasn't he? He's finished top 30 in the Betfred Masters. I don't know why I call it Betfred Masters. British Masters. Yeah. Um, he had a 14th for the Irish Open, 20th last week. First sort of signs of coming back to South Africa. He finished third at Cape Town earlier uh, in the year, didn't he? Behind Garrett Higo and Anton Carlson. So, you know, he he does love this. You know, that's part of the world. If, everything on his OWGR, third at Cape Town, yeah. fourth for Eye of Africa, Fifth in Die Data, sixth in Cape Town, eighth in Zimbabwe. It's just, it's Africa, isn't it? It's this type of place he like. He just feels very chilled out here. If he can play without pain, uh, or you know, can extend himself full, you know, fully through the swing, then he should be absolutely fine. Um, but we shall see. Remains to be seen. It, it could be completely hit or miss, depending on how he's feeling. Yeah, yeah, worth mentioning though, because um, you know, he's a mate in the pod. Well, we like to give him a shout, out, don't we? Yeah. Reece Enoch was someone as well. Just yeah, like I, said, I mentioned him last week, didn't I? Can't can't win. 
350 to 1, I think it is, or 300 to 1 there is about him. Played well for two rounds last last week and faded over the weekend, but shot 65 opening day. Um, again, he's another person like South Africa. So, I don't know. I don't think there's any point in going this far down. Like, there just really isn't. I just think that there's there's three there at 50 to 1 that I like. Uh, there's some at Shorter that make obvious claims that I just don't want to bet. Um, yeah. I don't think I need to go anywhere else, and I think that is enough for me. So I think if unless you want to mention any others, I'm just going to summarise the picks. No, I'm I'm perfectly happy with those, Tom. Absolutely right. So I'm going to start us off. Uh, Johannes Beerman at forty to one, uh, thirty-five to one if you want eight places. Um, and then I'm going to I'm going to go with Pablo Larraval. I'm going to give him the chance at fifty to one. He's probably going to burn me, and I'll come back next week and say that's exactly what Pablo Larraval does. He shot seventy-eight, seventy-eight missed the cut. Uh, and then probably wins next week so it'll be what it'll be uh, but I'll take the chances on him um, and then you know I think I think I'll probably stick with those two for now and then you know possibly Jonathan Caldwell as well it's just a case of you know do I want to go any further than those I think I'm pretty happy with those what about you the only one I'm going to put up is Campio, uh, and that's yeah. because all the prices have gone um that's the, we, we were talking about Lombard, weren't we? We both really, really like Lombard. It's just a case of he's gone from 80s to... I think 50s, eight places, is still there's still enough in that to make it worth it. But I'm superstitious I, enough to, to, to think about curses. The, the Twitter pick. I am. I, you yeah. know, they don't no, win. No, but it does happen, doesn't it? It does. They don't win. Um, you know, so yes, you know, Stone's too short, but I think he has to be placed. Uh, Bez, I've left off now, having talked it through with you. Campillo, I think, is is solid. There are so many form lines that bring him into it. Yeah, it's a bit dangerous to do that, but you know, if he's on his game and there's no reason to think he isn't, um, I think he must go well. Lombard, the price has gone. 80s was wrong. 50s is right. Would you have put him up at 50s if he hadn't been 80s? Potentially. Connor Sign was 90s, now only 66. Um, you know, Shohan was 160s, now 125. Uh, I'm you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna say Jorge Campillo. The others get honourable mentions, but we, as I say, we're coming to the end of the year, and um, I'm going very light at the moment. Uh, I'm doing the 54 holer anyway for the Sporting Life this weekend. Perfect. Um, you know, we'll try and find something there on a course that nobody can come from behind on. Um, Adrian Naus was of interest, I think. Cockrell was of interest. Veerman was definitely of interest, like you say. Um, it may well be that, that those par four and par five performances throughout the year are very, very eye-catching. Um, so maybe I'd roll along with you, Vim. But I, you know what? I'm putting up Campio and I'm stopping there. Yeah. Even after 52 pages of work. <laughs> stop, stop at none. One and done. One and Absolutely. Done. Um, look, we've got... What have we got next? We've got... Is it the... There's um, two. There's two. It's a Mexican golf next week, isn't it? Mike Over. Is that next week? Yeah, but we've got we've actually got two. So we've got um, the new uh, Golf in Dubai Championship. Yeah. Um, which is a brand new tournament they've lobbed in, um, as well as the South African Open. Uh, so the, the Dubai one runs until Saturday, doesn't it, I think? Right. Uh, and then the South African Open runs the usual Thursday to Sunday. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, that... One's on the fire course. Yeah, there's a, did you see that tweet? That was brilliant by Sam. So I asked Eddie Pepper right. what the difference was. Did you see it? Yeah. 
yeah, I asked Pepper what the difference between the the major difference between the fire and the um, earth course was um, at Dubai. Obviously, they play one on December the second, they play the other on December the tenth. And Sam Harrop came back with uh, the difference being the wind, which I thought was uh, was uh, fascinating. But anyway, um, so yeah, there's two tournaments. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know who's turning up in the in the Dubai one, but um, it's only worth two thousand uh, race of Dubai points, and it's only one million two hundred thousand US dollars. And the DP World is obviously eight million. So I don't know who's turning up there. There looks to be a fantastic entry, I think. Um, Westwood's there, Kaima's there, um, and Chris Wood is there. So it's a you know it's a good entry there. We'll see. Be interesting. So we got three, have we, next week that we've got a preview? Yeah, and I think also, I don't know if we'll be previewing it as such. I can't remember if it's next week. There's this father-son challenge where Tiger Woods is playing with his boy, but just back John Daly and, and little John Daly because they will win. He, he's superb, little John Daly. He's just got into Arkansas University and they were going through his uh, shots he was playing before and he, he flushes it. He's absolutely superb. Literally, is his dad all over? So Did he throw uh, the club in the in the lake when uh, it goes wrong. He hasn't yet, but I'm sure he will do when he turns professional. Does um, he wear? Does he wear like? He does wear. He literally wore exactly the same. So he? daily awesome. wore the trousers and he wore the shorts. So awesome. awesome. They, uh, yeah, he's going to win that. Those two will win that. So there's the match as well going on at some point, isn't there? There That's is. That's next week as well. Absolute I think. rubbish. Or is it this week? Not yes, this it's this week, isn't it? Or next? Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Week. Who cares? Absolute crap, isn't it? Peyton Manning and Steph Curry versus Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson. There you go. If you if you want to get involved in that, you are a degenerate. Like that, it's, I mean, we we like to bet, but that's disturbing. Steph Curry does a lot of good stuff the golf game of golf, but I won't be watching it. Why is 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 um Charles Barkley that bad? That uh, well, apparently they're, they're he was, outsiders. He was, he was good. He was, he used he was to be, good, yeah. He, he was good. Now, fantastic. He's, now he's crap, isn't he? Uh, no, he, yeah, he can't swing the goal club. Like, he is appalling. Like, so Mickelson will literally have to win it on his own. Um, well, he can, well, with respect, if you just he said Phil Mickelson <laughs> versus the other two, he'd be four on, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, it just depends what he, how badly Barkley puts him into states, isn't it? But there we go. That's it. There's plenty to do next week. Um... Not so much this week, but an enjoyable event. And we'll be back for more, as ever, in a week's time. Any other order of business? Yeah. While we're in South Africa, <laughs> I want to say just how bad Wild at Heart was as a programme. And I think it's absolutely appalling that it lasted the length of time that it did. See, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, but... exactly. You like the sponge, <laughs> didn't you? No, but I was, I was young. It didn't really matter. It was just on TV. Mum watched it, you know. Yeah, it was a mum's program because a different animal had a thorn in its foot every week before, you know, whatever his name was, whatever his, Stephen Tompkinson came and saved the world again before going back and realising his family. Danny Trevanian and Anders Duplessis. Duplessis, yeah. Yeah, that's why we don't back anybody called Duplessis in golf because it brings back very, very bad memories. Also, I've never put two and two together that Amanda Holden was in this programme. Oh, yes, she was, wasn't she? Yes, of course, yes. So you had, yeah, you had Tompkins. So there's, there's a reason to enjoy it. 
she was going to melt when the sun came, came too hot. <laughs> oh dear, wild at heart, eh? And the and what's her face? Um, Tyrone's ex-wife from Coronation Street was in it. As the daughter. Yeah, even more reason to watch it. There we are. As well as the lions getting a thorn in their thing and blizzy. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing is that it finished in 2015, so you know it no longer has to haunt you. Or wasn't yeah, even that 2012 it was? It is probably, the, honestly, the worst drama <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. There are worse was... programmes. There are worse programmes, believe me. I've got a list of dire stuff. But that was the worst Sunday night drama. I mean, you know, they put that rubbish on because, you know, people just can't be asked and they've got work the next day. But that's just what a waste of money. How much money that must have cost to make. Just incredible. Anyway, there we are. That's why we don't mention any players called Duplissy for anybody that really fancies CJ this week. Because he looks like the guy out of Happy Gill, the caddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's, let's, let's move on before we offend any more people. <laughs> Uh, I'm going. We're going now. See you later.